Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 70 of the Box Hard Podcast, number 70. It's me and it's Ayaz, same as per usual. My name's Joey Coastman. Ayaz, how are you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Yes, Mr. Summer. I'm very, very good. Now we're going to roll straight into part one. This is, of course, the review part. There's some recapping to do from last weekend's fights. We're going to start with a card that took place over in the Huntington Center in Toledo, Ohio, USA. Um, top of the bill, Roche Warren, 14-1. and one. He put his WBA Super World Bantamweight title on the line against Zanat Zakayanov. That's the guy who Ricky Hatton has been looking after for quite a while now. And, um, well, it's good news for, you know, for Ricky Hatton and Zakayanov. He went out there and he won a split decision over 12 rounds. Uh, the IBO world title was also on the line there. So Zakayanov now dethrones the champion. His record now 27-1. and one, And he's the new WBA Super World Bantamweight champion. The uh, the Bantamweight division is definitely, definitely hotting up. And Roche Warren now 14 wins and 2 losses. His record, it doesn't look so great in the grand scheme of things. But again, Bantamweight, there's so much talent there. And um, he's part of that for sure. Also on that bill, Robert Easter Jr. put his IBF World Lightweight title on the line against Lewis Cruz. Lewis Cruz going into that fight with a record of 22-4 and four with one draw. It went the full distance. You know, it went the, uh, the 12 rounds. It was a unanimous decision win for Robert Easter Jr. He looked pretty good in the fight. Uh, Lewis Cruz was also knocked down in round 10, 11, and 12 once in all of those rounds. So um, by the time it come into the, you know, to the final scores, they were quite wide. So a good win there for Robert Easter Jr. Also on that bill, friend of the show, Jamel Herring, he picked up a stoppage win. His opponent retired on his stall at the end of round three. He didn't come out for the fourth round. And uh, Jamel Herring extends his winning record to 16 wins. Of course, he's got the one loss. His opponent, Art Hovanassian, is now 17 wins, four losses and three draws. Also on the bill, Terrell Gaucher, he moved to 20-0, impressively over 10 rounds over his opponent, Luis Hernandez. It was a unanimous decision win for Terrell Gaucher. That's really it for the Huntington Center in Ohio, USA. We're now going to come over to the UK, our place, our territory, over at the Westcroft Leisure Center, Carl Shorten, Surrey. Uh, United Kingdom, Lenny Dawes topped the bill. He challenged for his fourth attempt now at the European title. This was for the vacant EBU European Super Lightweight title. Uh, of course, the title was vacant. The man in the other corner was the undefeated Anthony Yigit with a record of 18 wins, zero losses and one draw. Lenny Dawes, obviously, the more experienced, 30 wins, four losses and two draws. You know... He's been so unlucky, Lenny Dawes. He really has. You know, this this is a, this is a title that he really, really wants. 
but unfortunately he came up short he lost unanimously over 12 rounds so it's the fourth time now he's tried to win this belt or win the european belt this one's the ebu um, i think maybe this is the third time he's fought for the ebu maybe i think he might have fought for some sort of other european title so i'm not sure what he said after the fight i didn't see any interviews or anything like that but i think that that could be it for lemmy Dawes now i don't think he's you know he's gonna win a world title or anything like that or he's gonna even win a european title it takes a bit out of you when you've been in the same fight four times pretty much and you keep coming up short even under unfair circumstances i will go on and say yeah that was really it for that card at the westcroft leisure center moving over now to uh, to a fight that took place over in the Gimnasio Municipal Gustavo Diaz Aldaz. That's a bit of a mouthful. That one's over in Mexico. Um, Antonio DiMarco picked up a unanimous decision win over his opponent, Luis Solis. Uh, Solis was actually knocked down in the second round and had a point deducted in round seven for holding DiMarco's head down in a clinch. So, uh, yeah, you know, he, he won that fight pretty handily, DiMarco. Good win for him. Uh, that's it really for the review and we've kind of flew through that pretty quickly so um, just before we bring in our first guest we will be speaking to a man who's involved in a pretty big fight next month uh, but just before we speak to him Ayaz, I want to bring you in with this week's news I know that not too much has gone on this week there's two pieces of news I believe you've got for our listeners yeah they're both pretty big pieces of news despite there not being too much going on so please Ayaz bring us in this week's news Kel Brook will defend his IBF world War title against Errol Spence Jr after Eddie Hearn confirmed it on Monday night yeah uh, there's been no date set for this but um, obviously we all know that there was rumours circulating that Brook would be moving up to 154 and you know it's a funny thing because Eddie Hearn actually came out many times in interviews and said I really think he should move up. I really think he should move up. He said it repeatedly to the point where I thought if he stays at 147, whoever he fights, anyone involved with that, you know, the opposing fighter, if they get wind that he's absolutely killing himself to get to 147, surely, you know, they, they, can, they can take advantage of that, you know, knowing that fact. And it's no secret that, you know, he's a big 147 fighter but I just thought that the way Eddie Hearn was saying it he was just like listen he's finished it that way he's finished it kind of made me think that yeah he's definitely going to be moving up because he wouldn't be saying this but then Kel Brook credit to him as well has decided to stay at 147 and defend his title rather than vacate um, I'm actually looking now as and I believe that it's been scheduled for the 20th of May have you heard that or is that is that just is that just a rumoured date? I mean, I've heard that the same date as well, May the 20th. Okay, so maybe it is official for that date, but we'll know more in the coming weeks. But yeah, it's a brilliant thing that he's deciding to, to defend his title like a true champion. A hell of a lot of people really think that he's going to get beat against Errol Spence. We know Errol Spence is really, really, uh, you know, one of the youngest talented fighters in world boxing, to be honest. So, um yeah, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant fight. I'm happy that it's going to happen, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I, I got to be honest, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Kel Brook. I think Kel Brook's going to win this fight. I truly do. 
and um, I hope he gets the win. But no, it's a brilliant fight. I'm so pleased that he's defending his title like a true champion, as I say. You know, facing his mandatory rather than vacating and moving up. And and to be completely honest, 154 is such a talent-packed division that I don't even think Kell Brook... I don't know. The chances of him winning a world title at 154 are incredibly... You know, it's a much, much... It's, it's so hard. When you look at them top names at 154, you just can't see any of them getting beat. So, um, yeah, I think it would be hard for him to win a title at 154... And I think it'd be hard for him to win a title at 147, but obviously he's already done it. But if you look at the other champions, Keith Furman, it's, they're all tough fights. You know, Manny Pacquiao, they're all tough fights. So, yeah, I think he's doing the right thing by staying there, and I'm proud that he is staying there. I'm happy for him. Um, Ayaz, I think that you agree with me that you reckon he probably beats um, his mandatory here in Errol Spence Jr.? Well, that's a very tough one. I'll tell you something, yeah. I'm, I think this is a general 50-50 fight. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do see it that way. But yeah, that's it for that one, Ayers. Any more news for us? Yes, finally, Josh Warrington will face former world champion Kiko Martinez on 13th of May. Yes, um, there was a opponent announced for Josh Warrington's first fight with Frank Warren. It had been announced, but for some reason, I'm not sure why, that fight's no longer happening and the replacement opponent is Kiko Martinez. Um, look, you know, I've looked at Kiko Martinez's record many, many times. We've we've talked about him on this show many, many times. Whenever he fights, we, you know, we mention that he's got a fight on. And he's had loads of completely meaningless fights in Spain against people with records like 13 wins and 7 losses and stuff like that. And they're just completely meaningless. And somehow, I mean, I, I was looking at it the other day and I think that after losing to Carl Frampton in their second fight, he went back to Spain, fought a few guys that were literally journeymen, and then got a crack at Leo Santa Cruz's world title, and obviously lost that fight as well. And he's, you know, since then he hasn't fought anyone again, and now he's fighting Josh Warrington. So this Kiko Martinez is definitely over the hill. You know, you've only got to see what Scott Quigg did to him, and that was a brilliant win, by the way, at the time. But since then, he's looked terrible. You know, he really has looked terrible. And um, I think it's the right time for Josh Warrington. I think Josh Warrington's a good fighter. I think uh, you could you could really say he's genuinely uh, fringe world level. But you can't really say the same for Kiko Martinez at this point in his career. But uh, nonetheless, it's a good it's a good scalp for his record, especially his first fight with Frank Warren. And we're going to wish uh, Josh Warrington all the best of luck. Absolutely. Is there any more news for us, Ayaz, or is that it? That is it, Joey. Okay, perfect stuff. Thank you very much, Ayaz, for being the Trevor McDonald of the boxing world. Now, before we end part one, there's one last thing to do. If you've listened before, you know what it is. Of course, it's to welcome guest number one. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man that's involved in a big heavyweight fight next month. It's, of course, Mr. Travis Kaufman. Travis, welcome back to the show. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be on the show. Hey man, it's my pleasure. Now Travis, last time we spoke, it was a couple of days after you fought Chris Ariola, and I can't believe that we didn't catch up with you throughout the entirety of 2016. Apologies on my behalf for that. Tell us what you've been up to in all that time. Uh, being a father. I'm a single father of three boys. I think I told you guys last time. Um, you know, I'm a single father of three boys, so they keep me very, very occupied. Um, training, I only had one fight last year, and... Um, like I said, you know, just just trying to stay busy and and stay in shape. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, as you just touched on there, you've only fought once since the Areola fight. Uh, just two rounds it took you to get rid of Josh Gormley in September of last year. Any reason, uh, despite from, you know, the uh, apart from, I should say, the, the busy life you've got at home, any reason for the lack of activity? Any injury that we don't know about? Anything? Um, no, nothing, nothing. Ma- well, after the Chris Ariola fight, I had a, I had a, a surgery. Um, it wasn't nothing major. It was just a, a, a cleaning. They just wanted I, in my knee to clean out the scar tissue, um, which set me back probably about two months. Um, nothing major. Um, and then I was back to training, and I was supposed to fight again in April or May, and it fell through. Um, you know, I had some personal issues going on with my ex fiance and other things that were that were that were taking place um and it just didn't work out the timing wasn't right and uh you know unfortunately you know things happen you know in our personal life that a lot of people in the boxing world don't understand so um you know the the good thing is that I was able to have a fight September 9th um so at least I was able to have a fight last year unfortunately you know it only lasted two rounds i mean of course you know as a boxer the last one round or twelve rounds, we get paid the same anyway. So, um, you know, hey, whether it lasts one round or twelve rounds, I'm I'm going in there. I want to do what I have to do. Yeah, they say uh, you don't get paid for overtime, but of course the uh, that's the correct. Rounds, yeah, the rounds are invaluable though. Um, obviously, you were scheduled to fight in January of this year. It's now been pushed back to March, which is uh, obviously next month. Uh, what was the reason for that? Was it is it is it also a change of venue? That's the one thing I didn't know. Is it a change of venue, or is it going to be at the same place? No, actually, it was supposed to be February twenty okay. fifth on the undercard of Deontay Wilder and Gerald Washington. Um, it was supposed to be on that undercard. Uh, the reason why that fight didn't take place was because they probably I think the promoters felt there wasn't going to be enough revenue that was going to be bring in being that me and Amir Mansour are both from the northeast of the United States. You know, I'm from Philadelphia, uh, well, Reading, Pennsylvania, which is one hour from Philadelphia, and he's from Delaware, and they're, they're, those states are right next to each other. So they figured it's best to promote it up that way. They could bring in more revenue compared to fighting in Alabama and, and Deontay Waters' hometown, um, which wouldn't have made sense for them. Yeah, we're actually going to be speaking to Gerald Washington a little bit later on in the show, actually. Um Obviously, me and you, we mes- we messaged each other a couple of times since we last spoke. You told me a while back now that you wanted the Amir Mansour fight. It's on. It's scheduled now for the 17th of March, as you said, in your hometown, Reading. Um, how pleased are you that this fight has come off? Because I know that you've wanted him for quite a while, and also that it's in your hometown. Um, you know, hometown... You know, it's a, a, I, I, I love fighting in my hometown of Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, it... You know, a lot of people think it's added pressure for me. It's not. I'm I'm re- always really really relaxed. Um, I you know just it, Amir Mansour is the type of fighter I've 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 wanted to fight because he he's not as a walk in the park. He comes to fight. Um, he fought Gerald Washington, which I thought he won the fight, um, but they called it a draw. Um, he fought uh, Dominic Brazil and was beating Dominic Brazil, and then you know gassed out and ended up biting his tongue in half. Um, so he had a, he had a legit reason to quit. Um, so he's a tough guy, and I I think you know if I believe I belong in in the elite level with a if I believe I belong in the ring with a guy like a Deontay Wilder, a Joshua Parker, a Anthony Joshua, Amir Mansour is the type of guy I have to beat. 
Um, you know, he's not a walk in the park, but he's a type of fighter that could really test you and, and see what you're made of. Yeah, so I, I I'm agree. I'm very happy that I, I had this opportunity. Yeah, I have to agree. He he's a good fighter. He's a, a man who comes to fight. He's um also a win on his record that really I think some people forget. That win over Fred Cassie. Fred Cassie's a tough, tough, tough guy. And he obviously Absolutely. He, he knocked him out. So that was a brilliant win. Um obviously Amir Mansour is a he's a Southpaw. Has it been difficult getting Southpaw sparring partners in for you? I understand that you're in Texas. No, I, right I've now. been I've been in training camp now for eight weeks already. I have another four weeks to go. We've been sparring for the last six weeks, maybe. Um, and, you know, I had sparring partners already lined up uh, to help me prepare for this fight. Um, you know, and it wasn't hard finding Southpaw. One of my best friends, his name's, uh, I don't know if you guys remember him from years ago, his name's Maurice Byron. He fought, um, he lost to Brian Jennings, and then right after that he lost to um, to uh, Magnus from Elias. So, um, and then, um, you know, he just retired from boxing, but he's very tough and comes for a big puncher. And I believe, I sparred with Man Mansour before, I believe uh, 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 Maurice Byron's a bigger puncher than than what uh, Amir Mansour is. The difference is Amir Mansour throws everything with bad intentions. Um so there, there, it, it hasn't been hard to answer your question. No, it hasn't been hard to find South Paul Sparn at all. And I've got to ask you now because I wasn't actually aware that you'd um, you'd previously sparred Amir Mansour. How did that go? I know that we say you know he, he stays in the gym. I'm not I'm not going to start saying you know tell us exactly sparring, what happened. Sparring, yeah. sparring, sparring, and fighting is different. Um, we're both wearing 18 ounce gloves. Um, we're both wearing headgears. And it's not, you know, balls to the wall. The adrenaline is not rushing. But I will say this. I'm not going to, you know, I, I did get the best of Mansour. The first time he got the best of me. The next two times I got the best of him. And, and I did hurt him in sporting before. Um, it wasn't like bad. Um, but I did I did stun him before. But it's it, it's not, like I said, I don't ever look at sparring. I, I can never judge a fighter based off of sparring because, you know, there's days where I get my at my butt kicked. Excuse my language. Um, I don't know if I can swear. You I get my butt kicked. You want. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I get my ass kicked and sparring <laughs> sometimes. And I know these guys, if it was an actual fight, they would never be able to hold their own with me in the ring. Um, you know, come fight night. So it's a it's a whole different ball game. Uh, you know, we're wearing ten ounce gloves. I know Amir Mansour is a big puncher. I know he is. Um, I don't underestimate his power. I don't underestimate his age. A lot of people think, oh, he's 44 years old, you know, but he's a young 44-year-old. Um, you know, he, he lives a healthy lifestyle, and he works out very, very hard. So, yeah, I, I don't ever look at the sparring as what what happened, you know. Um, I can't ever judge our sparring session based on, oh, that's why it's this fight because I got the best at him in the sparring. No, not at all. Yeah, very honest of you to say so there as well. Um I wanted to just, get, you know, just get your thoughts on a couple of upcoming fights in your weight division, Travis. Uh, since we last spoke, a hell of a lot's happened in the heavyweight division. Uh, it was just a couple of weeks after Tyson Fury beat Klitschko, so at the time when we spoke, uh, he had all the belts. Obviously, he doesn't have any now. Anthony Joshua has become world champion. Many people think he's the best in the world. Others believe he's untested. He's taking on Vladimir Klitschko on April 29th. How do you see that fight playing out, Travis? Well, I think in that fight he will get tested. Um, I I like Anthony Joshua. I, I I would love to fight him one day. Um, however, he's a champion of the world, and I, I don't ever, 
just because he's in my division, um, I will never sit there and down someone. Um, I think Anthony Joshua has a lot of great assets. Has he been tested? No, he hasn't. Um, but I think it, I think uh, Klitschko will test him. I, I do believe he will be the victor in that fight. Um, you know, let's face it, Klitschko's getting older. Uh, was not the same Klitschko he, he once was. He still he stays in shape. Um, but I think Anthony Joshua's hungrier. Um, I think he's at a point now where he, he's tasted success. He's tasted a lot of money. And I think he wants that to keep coming in. Uh, Klitschko has been at that level for so many years where it's like, you know, whatever, you know. Um, I, I like Anthony Joshua in the fight. I do. When we last spoke... I uh, I read something and I remember asking you a question and I said um, that there was a little bit of talk that you wanted the Joshua fight and you basically said it wasn't that you were just gunning for Joshua it was someone said to you would you fight him and you said of course you know I'm a heavyweight I'd fight any of these guys listen if, if there was go on, go there, on. There, to answer your, I didn't let you finish your question I apologize about that but um if if you're a boxer and someone asks you, would you fight this person, and you say no, you should not be fighting. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I, I don't I don't care. You know, um, a, a man. If there was a man that that was a a fighter and he killed twelve people, his last twelve fighters in the ring, and they asked him, would you fight him? You absolutely right. I would fight him. You know, because this is what I do. This is how I provide for my kids. And in order for me to prove that I'm better than this person, I have to fight them. You know, um, I. Let's face it, Anthony. Anthony Joshua, out of the 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 the, the, the champion, the the heavyweight champions right now, Joshua Parker, um, Deontay Wilder, and Anthony Joshua, and I guess the other ones that are about to fight for a title, who, who is it? Fraser Kendo and uh, Shannon Briggs, I believe they're fighting for the WBA. Out of those guys, yeah. out of those, out of those four, Joshua has the best talent out of those four. You know, and that, and I think that's the truth out of those guys. Uh, but I would love to fight Joshua. I think I, I see. I I have yet to still show what I can do. I love. I prefer to fight a bigger guy, a big, a guy that's bigger than me. You know, not a guy who's smaller than me and faster, or or you know, I'd fight anybody, of course. But I love fighting bigger guys. You know, that's just what I love. I love breaking a bigger guy down. And and if I had that opportunity to fight Anthony Joshua, you better believe I'm being in the best shape of my life. And and he's not the type of guy you underestimate ever. He can punch, he's fast, and he can box. He has a lot of experience. So, um, and and you know, I I really believe that he's gonna be tested against Klitschko, but I do believe he will be the victor in that fight. Yeah. So so let me just back up what I said. So 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 as I say, last time we spoke, you said that you didn't actually necessarily was calling him out. You were just basically answering a question. Someone said, "Would you fight him?" You said, "You'd fight anybody." You know, I don't know why some people ask these questions, by the way. But what I will say is, has that changed at all? Because before you said, no, he's not really on my hit list, but I'd fight him, I'd fight anyone. Are you any more wanting of that fight at this stage than you was last well, time I spoke? Yeah, now he's the heavyweight champ of the world. Yeah. I think at the time when we talked, I don't think he he was a champ of the world. I don't think he beat, um, I, don't th I don't think he had the, the title at the time, did he? I, no, I don't remember. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, so it's even more so a reason. Yeah, he has what I want. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. Good answer. And uh, as I said, a little later in the show, we'll be speaking to Gerald Washington. He's in a huge fight in a few days' time against Deontay Wilder. You were supposed to be on the undercard. He also fought your next opponent, as you mentioned, Amir Mansour, to a draw. How do you see this fight with Deontay Wilder going? 
Um, actually, I think I, do I, I think he loses the fight. I, I do. Um, but I, I think he, he's going to shock a lot of people. He's bigger. He's, I think he's one of the biggest guys that, that Deontay Wilder has fought in a long time. And, and he has a decent chin. He has a great chin. He has a long jab. Um, I don't think he's a big puncher. Or maybe he is a big puncher, but he's just not a great finisher. Um, you know, he's physically strong. But uh, I, I don't think much of Deontay Wilder. I think he's a huge puncher. I think Deontay Wilder is a huge puncher, but I think that's all he has. I think if 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 Gerald Washington can establish his jab and and maintain his jab the whole time and put some pressure behind his jab, I think he can beat Deontay Wilder. However, I think his inexperience at that level will will be the reason of him losing the fight. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a fair point, but uh, we wish him the best of luck anyway. May the best man win. Absolutely. And finally, Travis, just before I let you go, I'm going to ask you this. Um, you know, you you've been in you've been in the, in the gym with Amir Mansour, as you let me know. You're you're going to be fighting him next month. How do you feel in your heart of heart that this fight ends? Uh, knockout. I, I I strongly believe um, I knock him out. Um, I, do I think I'm a huge puncher? No, I don't. I don't think I'm a, I'm the biggest puncher. I can punch, but I don't ever rely on my power. I'm a I'm a volume puncher. Um, as you can see, I can punch. I knocked down Chris Ariola and I had him hurt. I didn't finish him um, because of my first 12-round fight. And I thought, you know, Chris has been hurt in his career. He's been dropped in his career. He's been in this position. He has a more experience. Let me take my time before I take him out. And that was a mistake on my fault. I should have taken him out in the third round when I had the opportunity. Um, and I didn't. Um, but I can punch. But I just never rely on my power. Um, but in this fight, I know once I hurt Mansoor, I have to finish him. Um, but there's going to be a knockout, and that and that's for sure. Absolutely, man, absolutely. Okay, listen, Travis, it's always a pleasure, my friend. You know that yourself. Best of luck for the 17th of March, and we'll no doubt catch up sometime after you get the W. Always be sure to tune in on it's on Bounce TV on PBC. We'll be tuning in, man, for sure. God bless. God bless you, brother. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part... Obviously, the preview part, if you've listened before. We're going to start with a card at the Chase Center in Wilmington, Delaware, USA. One fight to mention on this bill. Roy Jones Jr., 64 wins and 9 losses. This is going to be his 75th professional contest. It's for the vacant WBF World Cruiserweight title. Obviously, this is nowhere near a... You know, a genuinely recognized organization. It's not a proper world title. He's taking on Bobby Gunn, who has a record of 21-6 and six with one draw. Uh, Bobby Gunn's a guy that has actually been in a couple of big fights against some decent level fighters. But he's been beaten really convincingly. Like, he's barely won a round against anyone you, you, know, you, you would have heard of. And he also hasn't actually had a proper boxing match for quite a few years now so um, you know it's a funny one because it's a bad fight this is kind of like Roy Jones Jr the old Roy Jones Jr just wouldn't even Bobby Gunn wouldn't be able to last 30 seconds with him and I'm not saying you know no disrespect to Bobby Gunn all credit to him for taking the fight but if he wins this fight it just it's bad for boxing it really is you know, I remember hearing uh, Andre Ward talk when he came to London, and he was saying how, you know, his his absolute idol, his absolute hero was Roy Jones Jr. when he was coming up. But he actually said that, you know, um, 
being from Pensacola, he actually thought that was the place to be. And it's like a really small town. He just loved everything Roy Jones Jr. did. And many, many people did. You know, Roy Jones Jr. was the absolute man. He was the pound-for-pound number one without a doubt. And now, to see him, you know, reduced to, to fighting people like Bobby Gunn in a fight where who really knows who's going to win that fight? Bobby Gunn, we haven't seen him fight professionally for so long. We don't know, you know... I just I hope that Roy Jones Jr. gets the win because if he loses, it's really bad for boxing. You know, someone like Roy Jones should never should never really be in a ring with Bobby Gunn, and uh, I, I really really hope that he doesn't lose that he doesn't lose because that will be quite embarrassing. Uh, that's it for Delaware, USA. Now, one fight to mention over in Kenya. This is a real strange one. I like to read out those strange fights, and you just don't know why they're happening. But Ishmael Selak, that's the guy who took on Kovalev a couple years back. He's fighting in Kenya at the Carnivore Grounds against a guy who has a record of 24-15 and 15 with three draws by the name of Karama Nilawila, who really we're probably never going to hear of again, but I just thought I'd throw it out there that Ishmael Selak's fighting in Kenya. It's just a strange one, it really is. Also over in Morocco, another bill to mention, one fight on this card as well. Uh, Simpiwi Vetyeka, 29 and 3, former world champion, of course. He takes on David Berner, who has a record of 8 and 0 with 8 knockouts. And David Berner is a promising prospect. Vetyeka, obviously, been there, done that. This is going to be a good fight. This really is. These are the types of fights that I like to look out for. So if you're a hardcore boxing fan, this is definitely one that you don't want to miss. Simpiwi Vetyeka against David Berner. Real, real good fight for. The hardcore. That's it for Morocco. Now moving over to York Hall. Uh, I think there's one fight on this bill to mention. George Jupp, 14 and 3. He takes on Damian Lornizak, who has a record of 3 and 20. So he's a proper journeyman. But I've, I, I highlighted the fact that George Jupp hasn't been very active. Neither has Mitchell Smith. They're going to be fighting again soon in their rematch. And I think George Jupp taking a fight against a journeyman here. This is actually very, very clever, just to get in some last-minute uh, practice rounds, if you like, before he takes on Mitchell Smith. This is clever from George Jupp. I'm happy that he's doing this, and um, yeah, it's going to be a good fight when he fights Mitchell Smith. This means he's really taking it serious, and um, yeah, I just really agree with that. I think he should go out, and you know, it's just a six-rounder. I think he should go out, and um, yeah. You know, get get a few rounds in, just uh, a little bit of preparation. I think it's a brilliant idea. That's it for York Hall. Oh, no, it's not. There's one last fight to mention at York Hall. Chris Too Slick Congo. He's in his fourth professional contest. It's a four-rounder at welterweight against Nathan Hardy. Nathan Hardy with a record of 3-8 and eight with one draw. Chris Congo, obviously, I think he fought two weeks ago. He was on that Eubank card. So, um, yeah, good stuff for him to be out once again. That's it for York Hall, finally. And now we're going over to the Lagoon Leisure Centre in Paisley, Scotland, United Kingdom. One fight to mention over there. Heavyweight Gary Cornish, 23-1. That one loss to Anthony Joshua. He's taking on Revas Karalashvili, who has a record of 8-1 and one with seven knockouts, actually. So, um... Potential banana skin there. He can clearly bang a bit. So uh, he's definitely got to watch out for that. And the final bill to preview now. And to be honest, this is the best bill of the weekend, hands down. And this is also a bill that I truly am really, really looking forward to. 
So I'm going to start with the undercard. Tevin Farmer, friend of the show. He's in a fight. His opponent at this stage is yet to be announced. He's an eight-rounder at Super Featherweight. Tevin Farmer, 24-4 and with one draw. Believe me, if you haven't seen Tevin Farmer fight, just look on YouTube. This man has talent coming out of his ears. He is seriously, seriously a brilliant fighter to watch. So much skill. Uh, also on this card, Marcus Brown, 18-0. and 0. He takes on Thomas Williams Jr., who has a record of 20-2. and 2. Obviously, just last year, Thomas Williams came up against Adonis Stevenson. Just came a little bit short there, but uh, he's a nice guy. We wish Thomas Williams Jr. all the best of luck against Marcus Brown, but a truly intriguing contest there at light heavyweight. That one's over 10 rounds. Another friend of the show, a man who came on the show Barely speaking any English, but we absolutely love him to pieces. David Avanasian, he's defending his WBA World Welterweight title against Lamont Peterson. This is a really good fight. Avanesian, believe me, do not overlook Avanesian. He's much better than some people give him credit for. His record's 22-1 and one with one draw. Lamont Peterson, obviously, 34 wins, 3 losses and 1 draw. The experience being with Peterson, the form being with Avanesian... The unknown is what makes this fight intriguing, and that is definitely one I'm looking forward to, obviously over 12 rounds. And top of the bill, Adrian Broner, 32-2. and two. It's a non-title fight. He's taking on Adrian Granados, who is a former sparring partner of his. Uh, Granados has a record of 18 wins, 4 losses, and 2 draws. You know, it's good to see Adrian Broner back, you know, even though a lot of people don't like him. He's one of the most talented boxers in the game, and he is a pleasure to watch when he's taking the game seriously. But uh, this is a guy who, in all honesty, is an old sparring partner. It's a guy who hasn't really been in there with any good fighters. Uh, you know, it's really a bit of a foregone conclusion for me. But it is good to see Adrian Broner back. That's the main thing. That's all it is about. But the undercard on this bill in particular, definitely more exciting than the main event. But you never know. I, I've heard some uh, some tough talk coming from Granados. He's saying that it's going to be a war. Maybe they've had some sparring wars. Who knows? They definitely know. We don't. So it could be intriguing, but definitely a bill not to miss that one. And that's really it for the previewing. We've flown through part one. We've just flown through the previewing. We are going at some speed this week. The last thing to do before we wrap up the show, again, if you've listened before, you know what it is, is to welcome guest number two. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man that's about to fight for what some say is the most prized title in boxing. It's the WBC world title. It's up at heavyweight. It's Mr. Gerald Washington. Gerald, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, man. It's my pleasure. Same as always. Now, Gerald, let's cut to the chase. As I'm sure you'll know, you're in a huge fight in just a matter of days' time. Undoubtedly, the biggest fight of your life. You're 18-0 with one draw. Deontay Wilder's 37-0, meaning between you both, you've got no losses in a whopping 56 fights. Somebody's own must go. I'm getting excited yeah. talking about it, Gerald. Firstly... Deontay was scheduled to fight on the 25th of this month against Andre Warzik. Warzik fouled a drug test. You've replaced him. The obvious question is, it would appear that you haven't had long enough to prepare for the biggest fight of your career, but things aren't always how they appear. What is the situation? Yeah. Definitely. In life, you got to take you got to take some risks. You know, it, it was definitely a calculated one. I talked it over with my team, and, you know, we've already been in training. I was supposed to fight a couple months ago, and just, you know, I kind of stay in there. I'm always in the gym. I st we stay ready. 
and uh, it was it was the opportune time for us. So uh, we were able to jump on the opportunity when 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 we got the call, you know, because we were ready. So that 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 was a that was a blessing for us, and uh, I'm grateful that we can take advantage of this, this to fight for the heavyweight championship of the world. And not just any, the WBC. That's right, baby. And Gerald, in your honest opinion, has this come a little bit earlier than you'd have liked it? Um, you know, like, like I said, we 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 train, we train, and we train, and and it, it's a it's a constant battle for me. You know, with every fight, I gain so much more experience. Yeah, the experience is a great thing, but um, Deontay Wilder has a style that we that we favor, and um, and, and we think we can we fare very well against Deontay Wilder. Um, yeah, he has experience, but but we train hard. Like I said, we we, we get our work in here in the gym. Um, it would have been it would have been good for me to have a couple more fights, but you know this this is a this is a if you wait, you never know when you might get this opportunity again. You know, what I mean, and to get against Deontay Water, who's undefeated. You know, this is a, this is a great opportunity for me to to to, to set the stage for myself and, and for my career, and I had to take the opportunity. And I'm gonna be honest with you here, Gerald. You know, I'm an honest man. If this fight mm. happened this time last year, for me, mm. you wouldn't have been ready. And I actually mm. think that this has come at a great time for you in terms of form. Because last mm. year you fought two guys, you know, they're both former world title challengers, Ray Austin mm. and, and Eddie Chambers. You did not lose a single round. And for me, mm. you needed those two wins before you'd be ready for someone like Deontay Wilder. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. But but you know what fight did the most good for me? The 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 one that changed the mentality of my whole game was the Amir Mansoor fight. That was a that was a that was a tough high pressure fight that that I had to understand the, the, what the game of boxing is. It's not a game. It's, it's fighting. It's a man that's trying to come render you unconscious. You know, and I had to see that because every every you know most of my fights I've been able to pretty much control pretty good. Like same as Deontay Wilder, fairly easy. You jab, you move around. You know, I, I had to base my whole my whole boxing career off the defense because I only had 14 amateur fights. Everybody thinks like, oh, Gerald, like, you know, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. It, it's been a process for me. I had to learn and I had to survive. And, and while I'm surviving, I had to learn, you know, learn the game of boxing versus some dangerous guys. All right, so I had to fight against Amir Mansour. He wasn't ever ever able to land any punches on me, but I, but but he 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 got to he got a couple of rounds because of the activity and and all you know and and, and it was just a, a learning lesson for me. Okay, I need to stand my ground more. I need to you know I need to push him back and I need to not let him get that momentum. You know what I mean? But it changed my mentality of the game. So now so now I'm I'm able to I was I train with that now when I spar. You know I, I know how to apply pressure you know how to step to a guy you know how to pull my hands if i know how to counter i know different parts of the game that i need to not just not just when the guy gets close move away no i know how to fight in there now and it that's what i needed that's what i needed with eddie chambers it was just a boxing match i knew he was um he was a he's a very skilled crafty fighter when he pulls his hands up but but i i know that he's very hard to knock out so i i just knew i was just gonna be a boxing match for me you know what i mean and ray austin you know, it, 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 I know I know how to break the big man down. I like fighting big guys, so that's why I have. It's going to be a great fight with Deontay Water. I look forward to it. The big long guy, and I know I kind of got a feel for his style because we got similar styles, you know. But the whole thing about me, man, if you if you notice, like I, I like I'm 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 aware, you know. what I mean, I'm very I'm very I'm a smart fighter, you know. What I mean, I don't, I don't get caught up in the brawls, and and I'm, I, I I build up a good foundation, and it's coming it's coming at the right time, and we're ready. 
Yeah, I believe so as well. Now, over here, this week, there have been some headlines that Deontay Wilder has come out and said that after fighting you, he wants a unification with Anthony Joshua, and it would seem mm -hmm. as if he's looking past you. But obviously, he mm -hmm. needs to remember that even though you've replaced Warzik, his original opponent, with a, a bit of short notice, for me, mm -hmm. you're a better fighter than Warzik, so it's actually a step up from what he was expecting mm -hmm. to fight. Do you feel mm -hmm. that you've been overlooked or, or underestimated at all by Deontay? Hey, I, he can. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. Cons, I don't. I don't concern myself with what other person is thinking. You know, like I just know. I just focus on my training, and, and I know what I got with Deontay Water. You know, I just focus on that, and then just you know, I don't get. I, I don't care what he thinks. You know, I, I know I'm coming in there with a job to do. I'm coming in there on a mission. I'm coming in there for the biggest fight of my life. The biggest. This is means so much to me. You know what I mean? What what I can do with this, the the, the platform that'll put me on it, and just allow me to to do the other things in my life that I would like to do. This is this is this is he's the door that I need to bust down. And if and if he wants to look past me, so be it. I'm coming right down at him, and I'm I'm gonna give him everything I got. So if he looks past me, that's a mistake on him. But but just know that I'm I'm coming, and I'm I got I gotta come. I know I'm coming to his hometown. I gotta win every I gotta win decisively every round, and and I gotta bring the heat to him. And it's gonna it's gonna be a heck of a fight, man. If you could look past me if you want to, I'm gonna snatch his ass up with a left hook. <laughs> Boy, I like the talk. I like the talk. Now, now you say you've got a similar sort of style to Deontay. In your opinion, has he fought anybody quite like you? Uh, I mean, I look at it. I mean, not really. I mean, you, look, you got you got you got the guy uh, Duhapis. He stepped on him. He just pulled his hands up. You know, what I mean, that's not the type of fighter I am. Um, then you got, then you got, um, then you got Malik. Uh, Eric, I mean, Eric Molina has similar of a style, but he's kind of. He, he, I'm more, I'm more of a. You know, I got a little more agility, a little more movement than him. I know how to stay away. I, I, I stay, I stay out of the fire a little better, and I know how to pick my spots a little better. I think, and then. Uh, I mean, for Spilka, Spilka was like, you know, he's boxing pretty good. He's going back and forth. He just ran in there at the wrong time, like sitting like Manny Pacquiao and got caught with the shot. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, nah, he hasn't fought anybody like me. Who not not nobody with as as big big and strong and as as athletic as him. No. What I will say then, what do you have to offer that these guys didn't have? I got a good jab. I got the same height. I got defense. I got defense, man. Defense wins championships. All this time, you know what I mean? The, the people have been criticizing my style. This is where this, that my defense is going to come into play. If Deontay Water can't, can't land his shots, what can he do? And that, now he's in trouble because I, I stepped my game up now. I stepped up my offense, and now I don't know how to bring the pressure to him too. I'm going to attack him, and it's going to be it's going to make for a, for a good fight. Absolutely. Two last questions for you now. I've got to ask you about this. A big fight has been made in the heavyweight division, especially for those UK fans. Anthony Joshua against Vladimir Klitschko, the young lion against the old tricky veteran. Who wins this one for you? Who wins this one for you, Gerald? I've been comparing that to the Atlanta Falcons and the and the New England Patriots. If, um, Anthony Joshua was the fast guy. He could score the points fast and score the early knockout, or if you let. Pisco, man, I just watched him last night. You know, he has a heck of a he has a heck of a jab, and and he knows how to drop that one two, and and he knows how to control the ring. Um, I think, I think, I think Pisco has the better jab out of out of those two, and um, and the, the jab can dictate, and he and Pisco controls the center of the ring pretty good. You know, 
and and he will, he'll he'll hold you if you try to push him back. You know, he won't really give it up to you like that. So we'll see. We'll see how Anthony Joshua does. You know, it's gonna be a good fencing match, but Klitschko's pretty good at staying away from the from the big shots. And if if, if Anthony Joshua is dependent on that, he's gonna have to get on the jab, and Klitschko has a better jab. Yeah. So in your heart of hearts, who do you reckon wins that one? I like them both, man, but I'm gonna go with the experience from this one. Yeah. Do you know what? I actually have to agree with you, to be honest. And Gerald, finally. I'm not going to push you for it. If you don't want to tell us, you don't have to tell us. I know you're not really one to do all the, the all the brass stuff, but if you, have you got any kind of prediction for the outcome? How is your fight going to end between you and Deontay Wilder? I'm putting it all online. Uh, whatever I got to do to get the job done, I'm going to do it. Um, I, I don't know, man. I don't, I'm just going to. I'm going to just win. I'm going to just win round by round. That's how, that's how I see it coming. But I but I I don't think. With this mentality that I have, I don't think it, it, it's going to last very long. You know, I mean, I'm 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 going to turn the heat up when I need to. And we're big, strong guys, man. I just don't end in a knockout. You see a knockout win? I, a knockout win, man, or 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 it's going to be a. I, I don't want to. I don't. I'm I'm already fighting in his hometown. I'm already fighting in his hometown, man. So I already know what type of kind of stuff goes on with those type of fights. So. I'm bringing it all to the table, man. I don't want to leave it in the hands of the judges. I, I know what my job is to do. I'm going in there to, to do my job and to get them out of there. Absolutely. Listen, Gerald, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. I really mean that. We're behind you all the way, and we wish you all the very best for February 25th. And hopefully next time me and you speak, I'll be talking to the new WBC heavyweight champion of the world. Hey, I get chills every time I hear that. That just that inspires me even more, and I look forward to uh, talking to you soon with that strap around my waist. And that's a wrap. That finalizes episode 70 of the Box Hard Podcast. It's been a pleasure making this show for our regular listeners and also our new ones. In these 70 episodes, we've brought you 141 guests, including 27 world champions. Thank you to our two special guests that took part in this week's show, Travis Kaufman and hopefully soon-to-be WBC world champion Gerald Washington. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Ayaz Summer has been on top form. We'll be back next week, and as always, we'll bring you yet another big show. If you are still with us right to the very end here, then you are a champion. Enjoy your weekends, people, and thanks for listening.